Welcome to another week of Coffee and Conversations here at Village Bible Church. Coffee and Conversations aims to answer difficult questions and address hard topics using a biblical perspective. So we use God's Word as our guide and as our truth as we walk through this life together. And I'm just so excited to sit down with you today and look at what God's Word has to tell us about our struggles and our doubts and our questions. So go ahead and grab a cup of coffee and come join us and let's dive in. Oh, okay. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing everyone here this morning, um, for bringing us safely. Thank you for the snow on the ground. Um, I just pray for Jenna as she's going to come up here and share with us um, how she um, knows you, Lord. I just pray that you speak through her. And I just pray for our time together, Lord. Would you speak through your word? And would you show us what you want to show us? We love you, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Huckle up, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... I'm a junior at Wyland High School. I think everyone else knows that, but just so you know, um, I grew up in church. I've been going since I was like born, basically. I go to Rock Lane, um, except they're closed right now, so that's why I've been coming here a lot more often. <laughs> um, I get to youth group every week, like vacation Bible study, church camp, a whole bit. We sing in church. Um, so like, I don't know, I've known God for a long time, but I didn't really want to go to church for God. I mostly went for my friends and the boys, so. (laughs) Um, But I'm going to start the story in in May of 2020. uh, My story's about the worst week of my entire life, so everyone just get ready for this. (laughs) Um, So at the beginning of May, um, I was doing pretty well. It was during quarantine, but I was hanging out with my friends a lot. Um, My boyfriend was the varsity quarterback, so that that was pretty great. He's my little crush since kindergarten, so I know, cute love story, right? It all was, it all was working out very well. Um, and then May 17th, I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to break up with him. And honestly, I don't really have a great reason why I did it. Um, I still don't really understand what was going through my head that day, but I was like, yeah, I don't think this is going to work out. And I just decided this is, this is just not going to go- be good for us, and uh, I don't think it's going to work out. I don't see him and I being together in the future. So I called him after youth group, and I was like, hey, will you come over to my house? We need to talk, which is always a terrible conversation to have. Um, and so I told him, and I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. I'm not really feeling, hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so I told him, I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. Um, and honestly, I think now looking back, it was mostly because of me. I put a lot of my worth, like my self-worth, in him. And so like when he was happy, I was happy. And when and he was sad, I was sad, and a whole bit, and the, honestly, that wasn't anything he did wrong. That was me, and I needed to change that, and I wasn't, I mean, I was like 15. I didn't really understand what I needed to do to be in a serious relationship. So, um, we ended up breaking up, um, which was very difficult, um, because I sat down and, sorry, I cry every time I say this. Um, I came inside, and I started crying, and I see him turn right and out of my driveway instead of left and so I call his mom and I'm like will you please track his location because I don't know where he's going she's like yeah he's sitting in the high school parking lot right now I think he's fine um so then like three hours later I'm finally about to go to sleep after crying and my mom comes upstairs and she's like Jenna are you awake and I was like yeah and she's like he's been in a car accident 
Um, so I immediately start crying again. And she tells me that my dad's on the way over to the spot where he wrecked, which is probably like half a mile from his house. Um, and he calls my mom back and he's like, yeah, um, there's probably three or four ambulances here. There's two fire trucks and a bunch of police officers. I don't, I can't really tell what's happened. Um, so, um, he ends up sliding off the side of the road and overcorrected and his truck ended up in a ditch and what my dad could tell that it was absolutely totaled and so I started calling his mom and his dad and all of his siblings and none of them were answering me and so I was like really freaking out because I didn't really know what was going on um so obviously I started praying and I was like like the first reaction I had of course was that he's dead and obviously I, I could not deal with that then um and finally his dad called me back and was like um, hey, Jen, are you okay? And I was like, no, I need to talk to him. And he's like, okay, well, he's in the emergency right now, um, but it's just a concussion, <laughs> and he's just fine. <laughs> and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> um, and I was literally sitting there like, this is out of a movie. Like, this can't actually be happening. Um, so the next day, this is Monday, he comes over that morning because I want to make sure that he's okay. Um, and he the whole time was like, I really think we can just work this out. Like, I understand that we have some issues, but like, I really don't see why breaking up is the answer. And I am very stubborn. And I was like, nope, we broke up. Sorry, this, this is just not going to happen. Um, so later that day, I took my AP bio exam. And as you can, I'm, that, that did not go well. That was a rough test. Um, so that was May 18th. And then May 20th, um, I see a picture on Instagram of my whole friend group, you know, the one that Brent and I used to hang out with, um, like every week and whatever, we go out to dinner, whatever, and they were all hanging out with me, um, without me, and Brent was there, and so, like, the people I thought were my really good friends, like, they were, I don't know, I just feel like they moved on without me, which was great, knowing the week I'd had. Um, so then, the next day, I had an interview for a position that I had been working for since I was in seventh grade. And I was like, okay, well this is my little comeback story, right? Like we broke up and I'm gonna do this interview and I'm gonna do really well and it'll be just fine. So I get done with my interview that day and I'm like, oh, that actually went pretty well. I think I think I did good. There were 17 people trying out for about eight spots, but I was like, I'm good, I got it. And then the next morning I look at the paper and my name's not on there. And I was like, this is just wonderful. Um, so then, at the end of that week, I was obviously feeling very heartbroken um, and very alone because the people I thought were my friends, I don't know, they kind of ditched me. And also a failure because like the one thing that I've been working towards, I didn't get, which was really upsetting. Um, and then two weeks later, my leg got cut open. <laughs> um, so a few months earlier, I was doing the electric slide and I dislocated my knee. And so I already had one surgery from that. And that surgery, I was out for about a week. I took like three pain pills and I was up the next week walking without crutches. And I was like, oh, this surgery thing's easy, right? Like for a week, I get everyone to make food for me and I just get to lay on the couch and watch movies all day. Um, I don't see any downside to this surgery thing. Um, so June 4th, I have surgery. This one, they were like, yeah, it's a little bit more intense, but I was like, oh, it's fine. You know, I have a bunch of summer camps and stuff to go to. like. In about two weeks, I'll be able to walk up, get around, it'll be fine. I'll just be on crutches. 
no worries. Um, and so June 4th, I have surgery. And the next morning, the doctor's in there, and he's like, okay, so after we've done this surgery, I'm going to tell you all the things you can't do. So I couldn't get out of bed for a month. <laughs> like, literally could not get out of bed for a month. Um, I had to use crutches until two months. I couldn't walk up the stairs for six months, and I still can't run. So um, that was kind of upsetting to hear. And also, I was a little upset that he told me that after I already had the surgery. Um, so obviously, um, after that week, I was in a lot of pain, um, like crazy amounts of pain. I could not get like sit up in bed. Um, it was that bad and like I had a catheter in my leg with pain going like pain pills like rushing through my system So I was out of it. It was just a rough time and I still like two weeks earlier I all the um, the worst week of my life is what I call it happened and um, After that uh, I felt like such a burden to my friends and my family because like <laughs> I'd have to call my mom to even go to the bathroom. So it was just a rough time <laughs> And, like, even my friends, like, I really wanted to talk to other people, but I felt like if I called them, then I'd be bothering them or whatever, because, and I was like, it's fine, I'll just deal with this on my own. Um, so when I was sitting in bed for a full month, I watched a lot of Disney movies on Disney+, Plus, which I guess was pretty good. Um, I played um, Fortnite with Jack, my little brother, on Xbox, so I get got pretty good at that. Um, and I started like going through my phone um, and just like you know when you're bored and you go through all your apps or whatever um, and I started reading the Bible now and because I didn't I mean I was I didn't really know what else to do and so I started reading like the Bible app plans um, and so then I was like okay so maybe I don't have to feel heartbroken or alone or like a failure because God's got me <laughs> And so then um, I was finally able to get out of bed, and I was able to come to Bible study and go to church and youth group. And um, finally, by the end of the summer, I had found my worth in God and not other people, and I had really great friends. <laughs> so thank you all. <laughs> um, I was really happy, and um, I was much closer to God than when I started. And um, by the end of the year, um, just a few weeks ago, I much closer to God. I still um, spend time with him every single day. Um, I have a great support system and I know I can ask you guys for anything. Um, and my boyfriend and I ended up getting back together because um, I realized that um, my pride was not um, too big for him and um, we started reading the Bible together and it's, um, it's gone just a lot better this time um, and we're both a lot happier. And um, so basically, I learned that God's timing is absolutely perfect um, because um, the whole year I've been worried about the surgery and I was like, I'm a very busy person. And I was like, I've got to do this, 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 and this. I have to go to this camp and this camp, but I have to leave this. I don't know how I'm going to do that when I can't get out of bed. And so I was, been, I was just worried about that for so long. Um, and then COVID happened <laughs> and we didn't have anything. And so, um, I mean, obviously as much as COVID sucks, I, God knew that... Um, God scheduled my surgery for the perfect time where I didn't, I wasn't really missing out on a whole lot. I also found this church um, when I really needed it and the people in it. And um, uh, God also has perfect timing with any relationship that anyone might have. So that's kind of my testimony and what um, brought me to God. I'm sorry, I'm crying so bad. Um, but yeah. <laughs>
you so much, Jenna. It's so cool to see like how the Lord can take such an awful situation and make such like beautiful things out of it. Yes. So thank you for sharing. And I'll be. Jenna can laugh and cry in the same sentence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And your tears just show that it's real. That the Lord is really working in you. So. All right. Well, we will go ahead and dive into the Word of God today. Um, so go ahead and open with me to your Bibles to Isaiah 45. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the sovereignty of God, which is a big word. Um, so to start us off, I just want to ask you guys, what are some of the things in your life that you struggle to let go of control of? They can be specific things, general things. What do you struggle just to hand over to God? Everything. Everything? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, um, like, like, decisions and, I don't know, like, everything that I feel like I can do by myself. Yeah. It's like, I feel it. Yeah. Decisions. Like, I feel like I'm supposed to be planning. Hmm. Like, our lease ends in August, right? So I'm like, okay, I have to be like, figuring out what we're going to do next. Like, are we going to stay here? Are we going right. to do something else? And if we're going to buy a house, are we going to be ready for that? Or, like, are we going to have another kid? Like, what comes next? Things mm-hmm. like that that you feel like you're supposed to be planning. Or, like, college or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Just, like, what's next? Yeah. yeah. And really, the times in my life that those things have gone the best, I just did nothing. <laughs> I just, like, waited for what the Lord dropped in front of me. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we really struggle to let go of control and all areas of our life. I'm sure you guys can think of just like in your own personal walk with the Lord, like what maybe you're holding on to right now. Um, have you guys ever heard the term God is sovereign? Yeah. What What does the word sovereign mean? How would you describe it? It's like kind of overall. Overall. Yeah. What else? What comes to your mind when you hear the word sovereign? charge he's over it all yeah saying God is sovereign refers to like the lordship of God so the fact that he is king that he is ruler of creation that he's above us and he's controlling everything um, and God's sovereignty is a core part of scripture it's literally and on every single page of the Bible you will find God's sovereignty because God is in control of all history all time all creation and so understanding what it means that God is sovereign over our lives um, helps us be able to let go of the control of our life. We are able, when we know what we're giving the control over to, we're we're much much more likely to kind of loosen our grip, right? Because we we trust that God is actually sovereign um, over everything. So today, um, I picked out one passage in the Bible because every single page, like I said, is filled with the sovereignty of God. So I was like kind of overwhelmed. I was like, what do I, what passage do I use? So we're just gonna focus on one passage today. Um, And this passage tells us three things about the sovereignty of God. Um, Number one, God is in control of every single thing in his creation. Emphasis on every single thing. Um, Number two, God has ultimate authority. And number three, God is present with us. So all three of these things um, point back to the fact that God is sovereign. Um, And when we come to a deeper understanding of the sovereignty of God, we have a better appreciation of who God is and we fall in love with him more. How do you focus the Lord? Like, 
Um, there's like a latch on the back of it, um, like a little like. Okay. Thanks, Andrea. Yeah, sorry. The ice machine is sometimes really loud. <laughs> All right. So we are going to be reading Isaiah 45, 1 through 13. Um, and before we read it, I just want to give you a little context. So Isaiah, um, he's a prophet, right? So he is prophesying about things that are going to happen um, in the future for the nation of Israel. So in this specific passage, he is prophesying about King Cyrus, who hasn't been born yet. King Cyrus will be born 200 years after um, Isaiah says this. And they, these are the words of God to Cyrus. But Cyrus has not been born yet. So God is just basically talking to Cyrus, prophesying that he will come, telling the nation of Israel that he will come. But Cyrus is not born. It's just God telling the future because God knows all things. Um, so with that being said... Can someone read uh, Isaiah 45, 1 through 13? It's kind of a big chunk. Thanks, Andrea. Um, this is what the Lord says to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I take hold of to subdue nations before him and to strip kings of their armor, to open gates before him so that, oh, whoops, to open doors before him so that gates will not be shut. I will go before you and will level the mountains. I will break down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. For the sake of Jacob, my servant, of Israel, my chosen, I summon you by name and bestow on you a title of honor, though you do not acknowledge me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. I will strengthen you, though you have not acknowledged me, so that from the, place, from the rising of the sun to the place of its setting, people may know there is none besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form the light and create darkness. I bring prosperity and create, create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. You, heavens above, rain down my righteousness. Let the clouds shower it down. Let the earth open wide. Let salvation spring up. Let righteousness flourish with it. I, the Lord, have created it. Woe to those who quarrel with their maker, those who are nothing but... Potsherds? Sure. Is that a real thing? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Among the potsherds on the ground. Does the clay say to the potter, what are you making? Does your work say the potter has no hands? Woe to the one who has, who says to a father, what have you begotten? Or to a mother, what have you brought to birth? This is what the Lord says, the Holy One of Israel and its maker. Concerning the things to come, do you question me about my children or give me orders about the work of my hands? It is I who made the earth and created mankind on it. My own hand stretched out the heavens. I marshaled their starry hosts. I will raise up Cyrus in my righteousness. I will make all his ways straight. He will rebuild my city and set my exiles free, but not for a price or a reward, says the Lord Almighty. Awesome. Thank you, Andrea. That was a, a lot of verses, but, and there's a lot in there. Um, also, another thing I forgot to add about the context is that Israel's going to go into exile, so that just means that Babylon's going to take them because... God is carrying out judgment on them because they sinned against him, didn't repent, and basically turned their back on the Lord. And Cyrus is going to be the king that is going to save them from Babylon and rebuild the temple that the Babylonians destroyed. So that's also important, an important little thing um, as we read this. So our first point was God is in control of every single thing in his creation. So looking at these verses, 1 through 13, uh, what do these verses say about who God is? What do you guys see? Yeah. 
No. <laughs> uh, what do these verses say about who God is? He's the creator and the maker. He is the creator and the maker. Is that the kind of answer you're looking for? Yes, that's the perfect, perfect answer. He is creator. Um, what else does it say? There's one part that says, like, I, the Lord, do all these things. Mm. Like, all these things mm-hmm. that are happening, like, it's all mine doing. Yeah, yeah. He's creator, and he's also doing all this. Um, and all the things includes everything. Yeah, so let's keep in mind um, that God is creator. Keep that in the back of your mind. So God is directing this towards Cyrus, right? Um, does God praise Cyrus in this passage for anything that he brings to the table? Is he like, oh, Cyrus is a great leader. He's perfect for the job. <laughs> no. What does God say about how Cyrus is even going to accomplish any of the things in front of him? I think most of it is God just giving Cyrus a bunch of Cyrus to do stuff and then him kind of guiding him and like making the path for the next group next year. Yeah. Yeah, God's doing all the work for Cyrus. Cyrus is just the vessel that God's choosing. Um, So keeping in mind that God is creator, what does that say about us? Who are we? Just creation. Yeah. We're the creation. So there's a big distinction between creator and creature right because if he's creator that means that he has a lot of power and he whatever he says goes and we are his creation and so therefore we are wholly dependent on God Um, so why does God have the right to be in control of his creation why does he get that power because like we belong to him yeah we belong to him so it's kind of like if you like if you make something and you feel like you're like in charge of yeah, yeah. It's kind of like um, like when, in Toy Story, when Andy wrote his name at the bottom of Woody. He didn't make Woody, I guess, but he kind of claimed Woody. Yeah. And he was like, this is mine. Um, God is the creator of the universe, and so therefore he gets, he owns it. He gets to say the rules. He gets to say what he does with it. Um, and us as his creatures, we are not even one bit as smart as he is. And so we get to just go along for the ride and say, Okay, Lord, you know better than us, so we surrender to you. Um, Let's take a look at Isaiah 45, 9 through 13. Um, Could someone read verses 9 through 13 for us again? I can do it. Thanks, Lisa. 19 through 13? Yes, please. Woe to him who strives with his maker. Let the potsherd strive with potsherds of the earth. Shall the clay say to him who forms it? What are you making? Or shall your handiwork say, he has no hands? Woe to him who says to his father, what do you beget me? Or to the woman, what have you brought forth? Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and his maker, ask me of things to come concerning my sons, and concerning the work of my hands you commanded me. I have made the earth and created man on it. I, my hands, stretched out the heavens, and all their hosts I have commanded. I have raised him up in righteousness, and I will direct all his ways. He shall build my city, and I shall let my exiles go free. Not for the price nor reward, says the Lord of hosts. Thank you, Elise. So in verses 9 through 11, God is comparing his creation to clay. Why would God compare us to clay? Why would he use that imagery? I think it kind of means that, like, when we have clay, it's not like what it's supposed to be yet. Like clay is supposed to be like 
Andy Flower Pot or like I don't know a statue or something. Yeah. But it's not like finished. Like you can't just like give somebody clay and say it's all done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> put it on a, like a on a bookshelf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I also. Oh, sorry. Oh, continue. Oh. I also think it's because like um, potters like use their hands to form the clay, mm-hmm. and I think God like God did that for us, so He like formed all of us by ourselves. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Also, have you ever seen like those time lapses of like mm-hmm. like people like making clay stuff? Like, takes so long, and it takes so much like mm-hmm. like to actually make something look good. Like, yeah. I don't know, that'd be like fun, but like to like do it, and it, like takes so much time. They're like, Ooh, like. Um, but like, it's like kind of like how God puts in like like, He's like very creative mm-hmm. and like how He made all of us. Yeah, and now it's each one's like different. Oh, but um, it's also like not everything is the same. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's different. Like sometimes you might be a flower pot. I might be a vase. I might be a coffee mug. <laughs> <laughs> like, or you well, might just be the block of clay. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like not everyone is meant for the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Because he's able to change, like, what we are. We start out as flower pot, he's able to change into a coffee mug. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's just like a really long process. And like, it takes a lot to make it to look what it is. Yeah. Like, if you make a clay pot, that didn't go well. But, yeah. Yeah, you guys, yeah, that's exactly why God uses that imagery. Because he's not a creator who is distant and far from us. He's intentional and he's careful and he forms us and he also takes um like ugly things like mud and dirt and can make it into something that's beautiful and functional um and that like basically displays his glory because he's the creator of it um so that's something to keep in mind as we think about the sovereignty of god god is not he's not some like far off being who is like mechanically running like the world like a robot like he does it um, with love and care and intentionality um, because he's an artist that is forming his artwork. Um, he's the potter forming his clay. Um, and verse 10 says that, like, we as the clay, we have no right to be like, what? Why are you forming me this way? Because we don't, we're just the slab of dirt. And he knows better, and he will make us into something that is beautiful. Um, any questions over that little section there? Well, that was point one. God has control over every single thing in creation. Um, and so therefore we can trust him with our entire life. So point number two, God has ultimate authority. So I'm going to read verses five through six for us again. Um, I know this is repetitive, but sometimes it's good to read things over again. Um, verses four through six, I mean five through six. Um, I am the Lord and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. I equip you though you do not know me that the people may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other. I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord and I do all these things. Um, So let's remember that God is speaking to Cyrus, right, who is not even born yet. Um, But what does this verse, specifically verse 5, tell us about Cyrus and his relationship with God? Yeah. Like, he wasn't born. He's like, oh, yep, you know, like, I'm going to serve God and everything. Like, it was, he went through the same process that everyone else did. Hmm. Yeah. He didn't know God from the very beginning. Um, we actually find out later 
um, that Cyrus doesn't even know God until like halfway through his reign. God was using him to accomplish his purpose, even though Cyrus had no idea who the Lord was and he was not committed to him. Um, and so if you, if you want to see the section where um, Cyrus gives his life over to the Lord, it's 2 Chronicles 26, 22 through 23. And it's really cool to see that all come together. So what does it say about God that he's able to use someone that doesn't even know him to accomplish his purpose? It's like showing, like, um, it's kind of like the, the thing of God is like the ultimate authority. It's like mm-hmm. God is sovereign over the people that don't know that he's sovereign. Yeah. 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 Like, we know that God is sovereign over us, but, like, even the people that are, like, unbelievers, like, mm-hmm. he's still sovereign over them, too, even though they don't know it. Right. Yeah. That's the perfect way to say it. God is sovereign even over the people that don't recognize that he is sovereign. Yeah, it kind of shows us the only difference between us and those that don't know the Lord is the fact that we know that he is Lord. They're just, we're on the same playing field. Um, yeah, what else, what else does it say about God that he's able to just to do whatever he wants, no matter what the state of our heart is? Yeah, that's so true. It goes for all authority and all people in our life. God weaves all things together, so even the people that don't even want to recognize that God is God. So right now, um, in this state of our life, and maybe in the state of our country, how can we find comfort in knowing that God has ultimate authority? Yeah. Like, not like we have to ignore everything that's happening. Right. But, like, also acknowledging that, like, it's not just random. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We acknowledge that it's wrong and that it's sinful and evil and that the world should be different. But we also know that our God reigns above it and that we don't have to be fearful. Um, If God can use Cyrus to accomplish his plans, that means God uses all people. We already said that. So it doesn't matter who is our president who's our leader, who's our teacher. Um, God is using them to accomplish his purpose and nothing and no one can uh, thwart the purposes of the Lord. Um, And we can find a lot of comfort in that because our hope is not in our government. Our hope is in a God who reigns and will reign forever. Even if our government completely falls apart, um, his kingdom will reign forever. And we can find a lot of comfort and joy in that. All right, so moving on to our third and final point. 
God is present with us. So we kind of already hit on this, but God is not some far off creator. He is intimately woven into our lives. And just like a potter molds his clay, he is molding us and he is molding his story together. Um, so in verse one, I want us to focus on um, how the Lord says to Cyrus um, that he has been holding his hand. My version says, thus says the Lord to his anointed Cyrus, whose hand I have grasped. So it kind of, when I read this, I kind of pictured Cyrus as like, just like this little toddler and God was like walking him like through his life and just kind of showing that Cyrus actually doesn't have that much power compared to the Lord and God is walking him through every step of the way. And in the same way, God holds our hands, even when we think that we have control of our life, even when we struggle to let go of control, God is holding our hands every step of the way because our control is just an illusion, right? We think that we have control, but... God has all the control, um, and his presence is always with us, just like how a mom holds the hand of her, of her baby as she walks into the store, like God like, is always with us, holding our hand. So how can we be more aware of God's presence in our life? Because I know sometimes it doesn't feel like he's actually like with us. How can you be more aware of his presence? say like I like I feel like you should be intentional about it because like there's so much um there's so much like busyness in your life that like you have to actually like stop and like like remind yourself to stop. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, like remember that people yeah. are sometimes what I'll do like I'll be sitting there and I'll be like God's sitting right next to you. But like even though I can't see him he's always here. Hmm. And that's just kind of like a cool way to think about like Yeah, and the crazy part is, like, God is sovereign over your car window breaking. Yeah. Like, he's in control of that, too. <laughs> yeah, but that's so cool that you can, like, recognize that, like, this week you have reasons to be anxious, but maybe you're not as anxious as you thought. And God broke the window, but gave me the car door. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I was like, okay. I had a breeze. I had a friend in high school who struggled with acknowledging God in her life and mm-hmm. so um, I, guess, I think she heard it from a sermon or somebody that she was like looking up to um, and she said that she started acknowledging coincidences in her life as God and not coincidence so like mm-hmm. oh what a coincidence we're both here at this coffee shop she was like oh no no God put us both here at the coffee yeah. shop we're like oh this is great my favorite leggings are clean today or my coffee mug or whatever it is <laughs> things that are like little things that make you happy or like things that are true coincidences she mm-hmm. was like or she said that she just started looking for God in all of those areas, and she was like, I couldn't stop seeing him. Yeah. So it totally changed her point of view. Hmm. That's really good. I like that. Like, sometimes like, I'll, um, I'll like, see God in things like I've never seen before like that. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, oh, 
just it just happened whatever It makes life so much more awesome. joyful when we recognize those things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you you see God more, right? Because yeah. something like something that's hard as a Christian is to see God, right? Because He's not going to come like in a fiery like tower or in, like a cloud or right? make somebody a pillar of salt. Like He doesn't do that stuff. As I mean, I'm sure He does somewhere in the world, but like He doesn't do that stuff as openly as we see it in the Bible. And so when we figure out whatever way it is to see how present God is in our mm-hmm. lives. Yeah, because if God is, like, woven into the fabric of our life, that means that everything is touched by him, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, I've started this thing where every time my car starts, I, like, thank the Lord for my car and for getting it to start, because who knows when it's going to stop working. <laughs> got to thank the Lord until that day. And I, and kind of like you said, Andrea, I just want to, like, I want to be better at just, like, thanking him for all the little things in my life. Yeah, maybe that's something that we can all kind of challenge ourselves to do this week. We can check back in next week. Yeah, people that are listening on the podcast, do it too. (laughs) (laughs) Jenna's mom. (laughs) Um, So I know that we said that that I I know that I said that we were going to stay in this chapter, but I have one more passage to show you. So I lied to you. Sorry. Um, Just flip back like two pages to Isaiah forty-three, and we are going to read verses one through seven. I think this is a good way to end. Um, So again, context, God in this chapter is speaking directly to the people of Israel who who are about to go into exile, um, be taken away by the Babylonians, and go through a lot of pain and suffering. Um, And this is what God says to comfort them. And also keep in mind that Israel had also just sinned a whole lot and was not repenting. Um, And this is God still speaking to them. So who would like to read uh, chapter 43, 1 through 7? Go for it, Emily. I mean, Bethany? (laughs) I do that all the time. (laughs) Go for it, Bethany. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom. Cush and Selah are in your stead. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your lives. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring some, bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Awesome. Thank you, Bethany. Um, so these seven verses are really encouraging to me. Um, and I kind of want to hear how you find comfort in them. So looking at these seven verses, what are things that stand out to you that comfort you about the sovereignty and presence of the Lord? One thing is like in the, in the first verse where it says, like, fear not, you are mine. Mm-hmm. Why do you like that? Um, I think it's just a good reminder that like we're not just like 
Like we have like we belong to something, even yeah. like when you don't feel like you do. Yeah. Yeah, I like verse four where it says, "Because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you." Hmm. Yeah, it's very reassuring. Yeah. I also like verse four, um, but the other half. <laughs> so <laughs> it says, "I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life." Hmm. Like. God is going to use every single resource he has because he loves us so much, including people. Yeah. And, like, if you know my story at all, like, I feel like God's done that in my life. And, like, it's just, I don't know. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. Once we pick God, he's going to use us for whatever task it is that he has chosen, including bringing other people. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah. It is really cool. What else? What verses do you like and why do you like them? all of us are in the creation and yeah. each individual person he knows and loves. Hmm. Yeah, he knows our names. Yeah. I like verse 2, whenever it says, like, you walk through fire and won't be burned, and the flames shall not consume you. Because I just, I really like that because, you know, even if you, like, fall away from fire, you can still feel it. Hmm. And, like, I don't know. It's just, like, even if everything around you is crashing down, you still have God with you. Yeah. Do you guys want to know something really cool? Yeah. So the book of Daniel, which is when Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego go into the fiery furnace, that was during the Babylonian exile. So that's what this prophecy is about. And this verse says, um, though you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. That is literally prophecy about how Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego are going to literally walk through fire and not be burned. Just shows how crazy the Lord is. yeah if you guys want to be amazed read the old testament it's it's like phenomenal just like the way that the i mean i guess we shouldn't be surprised because god is god and he's amazing but like how he weaves every single part of the bible to together um it just shows you that he's in control it's also really cool so this might be a little cheesy we have this little storybook bible thing for luke (laughs) Somebody gave it to us. The Roscoes gave it to us, and it's the best thing. So now I give it to everyone that's having babies because I love it so much. Um, but every story, um, it like it tells you the story, and then at the end it says like, um, oh I lost it. But at the okay, so um, Daniel and the lion's den, right? No, that's not a good one. But anyways, at the end of every, I don't have a good example at the, at the front of my head. But at, at at the end of every story, and a lot of them are Old Testament stories. He. The author gives a parallel, and in a few years, God would bring someone else who would go through the exact same thing, right? He would be in darkness mm-hmm. for three days, or he would have to die, or he would be, or whatever, a direct parallel to Jesus and what he does. Mm-hmm. So literally the whole entire Bible leading up to Jesus' whole life and all the things that he's doing, there are parallels from what God, like, in big people in the Bible, that he says, this person's going to do this, and then Jesus is going to do the same thing. And then this person's going to do this, mm-hmm. and then Jesus is going to yeah, that's completely not on topic, but it's really no. Cool. It is. It actually is on topic because that's what we were just talking about. Yeah, you should, you should bring it. It's great. Bring in the storybook Bible, and then you can read us a story. Oh, I'm being serious. So do it. Do it. I'm serious. Okay. We'll be starting off uh, coffee and conversations with uh, story time with Andrea next week. We'll do it. Give me a new segment in coffee conversations. Yeah. Yes. We should, we should get, um, intro 
music for each segment. Oh, okay, yeah. Michaela to write. She has a podcast, too, and she writes intro music. Wait, who has a podcast? Michaela. Oh. That comes oh. out also. No way. Yeah. She's so cool. I know she's so cool. Michaela, if you're listening to this, you're cool. <laughs> you are cool. Yeah, and she's a singer. Um, one more thing that stands out to you in these verses. I like where it says, bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. Like you can't hide from God. He's coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No matter what, no matter how hard you fight it, and no matter how lost or how alone you feel, mm-hmm. he's coming for you. Yeah. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And if he's already in control, and if he gives us every reason to be in control, give him reason to be in control, then why aren't we just letting him be in control? Why do we fight every day to hold on to the reins of our life when that's just an illusion? Why not give in and see what the Lord has for you um, when you fully trust him? Because when we know how sovereign God is, and when we think about it, and when we study the Bible, and we think about how um, powerful he is, how in control he is, and we see the little things in, in our life that he just weaves together, um, we are much more willing to just let go of control and give that all over to him. Uh, and that's all that I have for you guys. I will pray for us, and that will be the end of this week. Dear Heavenly Father, um, I just thank you so much for this morning, Lord. Thank you for all these ladies that all have different stories and um, different lives, but Um, They all know you, God. I just pray that um, they grow in love for you and that they realize how much you love them and that you're in control of their life. And, Lord, that we are just clay in your hands and that you're molding us and shaping us into who you want us to be and that you're ultimately bringing your plan to completion. And, Lord, would you just focus our eyes on you and no one else? Um, God, you're the only Lord that we want to serve. Would you help us give over control to you today um, in every single area of our life? And, Help us find comfort and joy and hope in that. And I thank you for Jenna for sharing her story with us, Lord. And I just pray um, for all these other girls who I'm going to ask to share their stories, Lord, where they just speak from their hearts. Um, And ultimately, Lord, just help us all grow closer to you. Lord, we love you, uh, but we need your help to love you more. Um, In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.